In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who is the light that has come to be born into our darkness. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, a people, for a people walking in darkness, a light has shone upon them. That, that line from Isaiah, those lines there that talk about light and darkness, well, those lines maybe resonate with us in a way this year that they have not resonated with us in years past. It's not that other years haven't been had their issues with darkness, but this year it seems like things have been, well, particularly dark in their own ways, whether it be the, the deaths that, that seem to top our social media feeds or the, the issues that people have with politics or even our cultural engagement with this horrible evil called racism. It, it seems like there is a lot of darkness this year in 2020, and that darkness is something that we seem to not be able to escape. It seems like that is a part of what we have to engage with if we are going to engage with this Christmas. But engaging with dark Christmases is actually kind of nothing new. In fact, darkness has always been a part of Christmas. Darkness has always been something that has been one of those backdrops to the celebration of this glorious moment when Christ, the light of the world, is born into this manger scene, this stable in Bethlehem. That darkness is something that has always been there. In fact, that darkness is, is, is something that is a reason that we're celebrating Christmas right now. Because honestly, when we look at some of the clues that the biblical text gives us and some of the other things, it doesn't appear that Jesus was a winter baby at all. In fact, the safe money is on Jesus having been born in the spring or maybe the early summer. And so that what happened here was that the early church took Jesus' birth and said, well, we're going to celebrate that in December. We're going to celebrate that December 24th and 25th. We're going to celebrate that just four days away from the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, which means the longest night of the year. And a part of the reason that they had in doing that was recognizing that in Christmas there is this interchange between light and darkness. That here in Isaiah we have this prophecy about Jesus being this light that is born into the world. And later on in John 1 we have John telling us that Jesus is truly the light who is born into our world to be our Savior. Darkness has always been a part of Christmas. Even before it was celebrated on December 24th and 25th, the idea that there is 
darkness is something that we have to think about when we think about the richness and the deepness of what it is to celebrate Christmas. We can even see that in some of the sort of external trappings of our celebrations of Christmas. Christmas trees are meant to shine brilliantly and kind of sparkle in the darkness. Advent wreaths are supposed to count down the time to Christmas in the darkness. There is something to the darkness that helps us to understand the real meaning of Christmas. There is something to that darkness and something to that darkness that we're embracing today, that we're embracing this year in terms of our understanding of what Christmas is all about. And so in order to understand a little bit of what this darkness is all about, I'm going to ask you to do something that, well, maybe is a little bit different than most of the times that you're listening to a sermon, at least hopefully so. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Go ahead and close them and and just embrace kind of this moment of of darkness that we have here and and what that feels like, what it feels like to be in the midst of, of the dark. You see, when you're in the dark, one of the things that happens is is that you start to kind of focus in on yourself because you're the only thing that you really know is in the building anymore. You you can hear my voice, but who, who knows? That might just be piped in. Uh, You can kind of feel the body heat maybe of the people that are next to you, but there's something specific about yourself that you start to understand when you're in the midst of the darkness because you can't see anything outside of yourself. And yet, if you're still closing your eyes, you, you start after a little while to start to kind of reach out with your senses. You, you start to kind of reach out and, and say, oh, okay, now, now that I'm in the darkness and I can't use my eyes in order to look around at all of the people and all of the things that are around me, I, I'm, I, I'm all of a sudden in this moment where I'm listening maybe a little bit more where I am feeling around maybe a little bit more, where I am trying to get a sense of what's going on around me. I'm trying to get context and clues for that context. And then you open your eyes and you see it all over again. But that time in the darkness It's a specific metaphor that the Bible uses for this evening. For this evening that we have, this dark, rainy evening in in Tallahassee, Florida. This evening where we think about what it means for Jesus to be born into our world as a light. And so as we think about Christmas and and what Christmas is all about, we have to think about Jesus being that sort of glimmer of light, that sort of glimmer of hope. 
And that's part of what's happening in this text from Isaiah. In, in this text from Isaiah, what's happening is that the people of the, the country of Judah are looking for answers. They, they're in that moment where they have spent a lot of time just kind of soaking in themselves. They've been through that part of the darkness, and all of a the sudden they're, they're finding themselves looking for answers, looking for contextual clues to what might be happening around them and what might be happening in their world, and they are asking questions of everyone. In fact, Isaiah, just a chapter earlier, tells us that the people of Judah are asking mediums and necromancers what they think is going on, and they're looking to their king, and they're looking to God, and they're looking to the earth, and they're looking all around in order to get some sense of what's happening in order to get some resolution of the things that don't seem to make sense in their lives. And how often are we kind of in that situation where we're looking around for the contextual clues to what is happening in our lives? whether that be the things that are happening in terms of this pandemic or whether that be the things that are happening in our lives and our relationships, whether that happens to be the things that are happening just in the internal monologue or dialogue that we're having in our own spirits, we look around and we start to ask ourselves questions about why these things have happened. And we start to engage with something of the darkness. We, we start to engage with something of the darkness that's called the law in Christianity. This three-part thing that helps us to understand what might be wrong in our world. And so we start to engage with, okay, well, if it's dark, why is it dark? And what's happening in the darkness? And so as we do that, we start thinking, okay, well, there, there's three things to the law. The first of those is uh, we, we start to engage with, well, I, I need to stop sinning. I, I need to, to change my habits. I need to do something different. And, and the second piece of the law, the second use of the law is that, well, I, I need to be forgiven, and the third piece is, well, I, I need to actually go out and, and do some good stuff, too. And as we sit in the darkness of our souls, we engage with that law. And the interesting thing about engaging with that law in the darkness is that it is there in the darkness that we find hope. Because there in the darkness, we start to think about what it would be like if we were able to stop sinning. If we didn't do that thing that we hate ourselves for doing anymore. We start to think about what life would be like if we really felt forgiven and acquitted and exonerated for all of the stuff that we have done that we know is wrong. We start to think about what it would be like if we actually went out and were able to do some good stuff for other people. And in the midst of our darkness, and it has to be in the midst of our darkness, we start to see the glimmer of hope. We, we start to see what it is like when we see 
the answers come back to those questions. What would it be like if I stopped sinning? What would it be like if I felt like I was really, truly, freely forgiven? And what would it be like if I actually started doing good stuff for other people? We start to see the glimmers of hope in the midst of that. And that is what Martin Luther is talking about when he writes this quote where he says that everything in the world that is done is done by hope. See, hope drives us to do things. Hope drives buildings to be built. Hope drives marriages to co-mingle their hopes together. Hope creates an environment in which children are brought up. Hope does great things in terms of government and industry. Hope gets us up in the morning, and hope sends us to sleep at night. And hope, hope happens in the darkness. Hope is born out of the darkness of the law, out of the darkness of those questions of what would it be like if I stopped sinning? What would it be like if I really felt forgiven? What would it be like if I started doing good stuff? And as we ask ourselves those questions in the darkness, we start to see the glimmer of hope. And that hope Brothers and sisters, is born in Bethlehem today. That hope is Jesus Christ. That hope is the final fulfillment of all of our hopes and all of our dreams. That hope is the dawning light that we celebrate tonight. Now, I started this worship service off asking kind of an obtuse question, which was, What does Gideon have to do with Christmas Eve? Well, if you look in that Isaiah reading, you'll notice that there's a moment where he's talking about breaking these these implements of slavery, where he's talking about breaking the yoke and the rod and the staff. And he says they will all be broken as in the day of Midian. And if you're like me, you, you probably take those, you know, sort of Old Testament self-references and you go, oh, that's nice, I'll look that up later. So I looked it up for you. And Midian was the nation that Gideon was fighting against when he fought his sort of notable battle. And if you know your Old Testament, you know that what's going on with Gideon is that Gideon is this general that God says, I want you to take your army down to almost nothing. I want you to take your army from thousands of people down to 300. And I want you to go up against the people of Midian. And here's how I want you to do it. I want you to take a trumpet and I want you to take a torch and I want you to cover it up in a jar. And I want you to go forth And I want you, when you get there to the battle, I want you to break the jar and let the torch burn bright. Well, here in this Isaiah reading, that bright burning torch, 
That is Jesus. He is the light that illuminates our darkness. The light that is the answer to what would it be like if you could stop sinning? Because he gives you that as a promise that one day you will be with him in the resurrection and you will no longer sin. What will it be like if I feel like I'm completely forgiven, completely exonerated, completely acquitted, and he provides you with that as well? What will it be like if I actually start to do good stuff and he provides you with that as well in a resurrection where you will not be able to do anything but good stuff? And he says, that is the light that darkens, that brightens the darkness around us. That is the light, that hope of that day when he comes back in glory, having included us into his church, having included us into himself in our baptisms. And as he comes into our world once again, to celebrate the dawning of a light that will be the end of hope. Because in him, all of our hopes will find their fulfillment. And so may you, like Gideon, and all of his 300 men this week, May you take that bright torch with you and illuminate the darkness of this world with your hope. Amen.